Big Show Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. And if you've been paying attention, we've been collaborating a little bit. Sammy and Kim has been coming on both our ESPN radio show as well as uh, doing these cool videos, breaking down Big Sky Conference stuff. And it was fun last week because uh, he's done a lot of video breakdowns on Montana. Uh, of course, he's a former Grizz wide receiver. Idaho, because there's been a lot of crossover there, and the Grizz and Idaho played a couple weeks ago. But last week, both the Grizz and Idaho were off. So uh, did some breakdown on the Montana State-Sac State game. And uh, just interesting to get the uh, the former player, and I guess current professional football players, uh, just analysis of all the X's and O's and stuff. We'll get to all that in a minute, but I decided we should just roll on what we were just talking about off the air. We're talking about quarterback play. This is fascinating. Coach Marty, Marty Bordeweg, and I talked about this for like an hour on Monday on, the sh- on my ESPN show. There was this golden age of quarterbacks in the NFL, mm-hmm. like late 90s to even just a couple of years ago. And these dudes, so many of them played – for like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. Eli even. Eli Manning. And yeah. And then there was like the the next generation. Like Matt Ryan showed some flashes for a little bit. Andrew Luck was supposed to be that guy, but he had to retire way early. Yeah. There's like this missing generation of quarterbacks. Then there's this new generation, but they've all been so up and down. And they, and they look different too. They look totally different, right? And so that was one of my hypotheses was – Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and those guys, they were able to get better as they got older because they didn't rely on their athleticism. Yes. They didn't rely on their – they only relied on their brain. But that's the game these days. You that, need that And that's, that's, the, that's the irony, right, is the guys now are way better athletes. Yeah. But, but when you're running around – That hurts you more. Way more chance yes. for volatility yes. and for injury, right? Yes. I mean, just think about how many times – you had to sit back and be like, "Dang, he's out for the year." Right. Like we just lost Anthony Richardson's for the Richardson for the year. Right. And we haven't even barely seen him. And how did he get hurt? Yeah. Running around. Yep. What, did he hurt his shoulder? He had yep. shoulder surgery. Lamar. It's happened to him multiple times. Yep. One of the better quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen's dealt with injuries. Even Pat Mahomes. Like all these guys. That's why Andrew Luck retired. For sure. You know. So it's like, it, it looks very different than it did before. Uh, and I don't know how to like how you harness it. Because you don't want to take Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson running around is what makes Lamar Jackson yeah. good, right? Yeah. I mean, last week he looked really good in the pocket. He did. He absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah, he's he is one of the most fascinating case studies to me because sometimes he seems to like lose engagement, and when it starts going bad, it starts going worse for him, and it's yeah. really hard for him to get back out of it. Yeah. But when it's going good, and then it starts going great. So would you call him a front runner? Man, I don't know, man, because – when he's at his best, he's like the best player in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you can't stop him. Yeah, like last week. And that's what, and that's my thing about, and I could go way deep about this, but that's my thing about, you know, I watch so much broadcast television every day, first take, get up, all these things. Yeah. And, and every Monday after Sunday, it's like, so Lamar, they just beat the Lions 38-6, to and now it's like, if they can play like this, they're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, right. but we've only seen that one time this year. Right. So it's like, let's pump the brakes. Let's sure. see, like – and they they always say it's like overreaction, like overreacting. But it's like you gotta just let them let the body of work speak for itself, and let them build up some a repertoire of of games to where then you can say like Pat Mahomes. The overreactions are warranted about Pat Mahomes because sure. he's shown it over and over and over it's again. True. But we haven't seen the consistency from Josh Allen. We haven't seen the consistency from yeah. from from Lamar Jackson. Yep. So it's like let's stop the with the overreactions and let's just. Take it for what it is right now. I think the NFL's in an interesting spot, too, because 
not only were those guys like Brady and Peyton and Drew Brees, like they're like institutions, but they also were such a huge part of the face of the league. Yes. The league is I mean, Patrick Mahomes is probably the face of the NFL right now, but for they're sure. looking for other guys to sort of sit at the table with him. I do think the ins and outs of all these guys getting hurt has a big factor. There's also just like a lot of haters on like Lamar Jackson because he does like I, this has driven me crazy for so long. Like Lamar Jackson, he's he's from the deep south in Florida. He mm-hmm. talks with an accent, and like people, mm-hmm. they they like hate. He's on not him. all buttoned up like they exactly. want. Like Brady, right, like right, Peyton right, Manning, right, right. like all these. He's other not guys all were. Madison Avenue. Yes, exactly, yes. man. It's so true. And I think that I do think the NFL protected those guys across the board in the rules within the game, but also outside of the game too, because they wanted those guys to be a part of their brand. Yeah. They're not protecting guys really any besides Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, man. I I went off on our group chat uh, a couple weeks ago when I think it was when they when the Chiefs played the Jets, but it just feels like, and I love Patrick Mahomes. He's he's a dog, but it feels like they get every single call. Oh no doubt, it's crazy. No doubt, like if you watch the games and it's a close game at the end, and it just seems like every time the call goes his way, like it's just mind boggling to me. I'm like, man, like this guy should. I mean, I mean, did, did you watch Sunday Night Football? Sunday night? Yeah, Dolphins-Eagles? Yes. No penalties on the Eagles? Crazy. None? None? Not one. And then you watch the clips back from the game. They're getting held everywhere. I mean, it's crazy. You can't have no penalties in the game. There's just no way that there's no penalties in the game. There's holding on every play in football. (laughs) Every play. You hear every coach talk about it. There is a holding on every single play in football. For sure. It's just if you want to call it, if you think it's egregious enough. I mean, man, they they stopped calling holding in the Big Sky Conference. There's, There's no holding ever. I mean... Bobby Houck was kind of joking about it, but he wasn't really joking. Like, they got to bring two jerseys for Alex Governor on road games. He's got his jersey ripped off a yeah. couple times. Yeah. And there's no holding calls. Yeah. I mean, I will about Gubb, he does get held a lot. I, he I'll say that. Does. But about Gubb, he plays the nose three technique position. So you're going to get That's double right. teams. You're going to get beat up. Oh, you're gonna, yeah, you, you know, sure. he's. He has the crappiest job on the field in terms of <laughs> defensive play, you know. And he loves his, it. He loves it. He loves it. Alex Gubner is a dog. He's probably the best D lineman, in my opinion, in the big sky. Yep. But he that's his job. He's gonna that's eat up double job. teams. He's gonna get you know, he's gonna get those hard blocks. I do think they need to call more holding on him because he does he wins a lot and he gets held a lot. It's ridiculous. If you watch the games, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But it is what it is. I think to finish this conversation about NFL quarterbacks, and then we'll get back into big sky conference stuff. I do think it's fascinating though how many guys there are that have an opportunity to sort of rise up to be one of those guys, but how hard it is for all of them, it seems, to seize the moment. I mean, Josh Allen's going through a big time right now. Yeah. Because he was running around all crazy and making all these plays, and he did it for like a full two seasons without getting hurt. Yeah. And now he's getting smashed. I mean, Coach Marty was saying, man, it's like it doesn't matter how big and athletic you are, man. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. That's where Anthony Richardson went through it because dude runs 4-4, and guess what? He would run away from everybody in college. Everybody's fast as you in, everybody in the runs four, Everybody runs 4-4 four, four in the NFL. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, who? I mean, the, the number one candidates to sort of rise up and be at that table with Patrick Mahomes, you got to say Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Who else? Lamar, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Josh, Josh, Allen. Josh Allen. I think it's those five. Uh, those four. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Who, who else did you say? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think that's really them. Yeah. It, I mean – they keep wanting to put Justin Herbert in there, right. and it's like he's a great player, but it's like they don't win, they don't and it win. might not always be his fault. Nope, but it's still a fact. You guys don't win. That's right. So it's like it's hard to put him in that conversation when these other right. guys are 
towards the top of their division, if not the top of their division, and, you know, making it to the playoffs year in and year out. What about Dak Prescott? They wanted Dak to no. be the guy, and it's not no. him, right? I mean, and you know I used to be a Cowboys fan. Totally. I, no. Dak is – I mean, they try so hard, and as a former Dallas Cowboys fan, I hope he can get to that level, but it's like, are we going to continue to wait? Like, when – he, he got in the league in what, 2015, 2016? It's been a while. I it's mean, been he, a minute. He already got his big contract. Right. So, so it's like, when, when will we see it? Right. Like, you play well. You play well enough to keep your team in the game. But when are you going to play like a Josh Allen, a Lamar, like a Lamar Jackson, a, a Patrick Mahomes? When are you going to be the reason that they win? Right. And that's the question. I'm not trying to bash him or anything. It's just a fact of, of the game. That's why Joe Burrow's got the bragging rights over everybody. I know he's had a, a tough start to this year because he's been hurt. But, but he did it. There's nobody else that's gone into Arrowhead Stadium and beat Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Nobody. Exactly. So, is it still is it still a fact that the the Chiefs haven't played a road playoff game? Like Patrick Mahomes has never that's played right. a road play. That's so crazy. That's the formula, man. Man. It, it's it's as simple as that though. I mean, people have talked about this North Dakota State dynasty forever. Guess what? Guess how many road games North Dakota State's won in the playoffs over this last 12 years? Probably one or two. One. Again, to James Madison. Montana State in 2010. It was the year they didn't even win the national championship. They went wow. to Bozeman and beat the Cats when the Cats were the defending Big Sky champions. And then they got a home game. And then they got a home game and won, and then they lost in the quarters that year. Uh, that was the last time they lost in the any, anywhere close to before the Final Four. And then after that, they've been at home. I mean, they played like something like 40-plus straight home games in the playoffs. That, I mean, when you know you have a home field advantage, that's why it's so big for us to try to get home field advantage. 100%. Nobody wants to – I mean, look at our weather right now in October. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Who wants to come up here in December? Yeah. Like, it, it's like this in October, so yeah. – you know, that's why getting that home field advantage is really big for teams like NDSU, Montana, Montana, Montana State teams who do have, I mean, in terms of weather, I don't think it's a, it's definitely not an advantage for NDSU, but their home field advantage, sure. like their fans, the environment, that's yep. what the advantage for them is. Yep, totally. You know. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Sammy Kim here on the Big Sky Breakdown. So I just got off the phone with Ed Lamb, head coach of Northern Colorado, right when you, you walked into the studio. And uh, you know, he was at Southern Utah before, and they won a lot of games at Southern Utah when he was Did there. Did they win the Big Sky? 2015? They won the Big Sky in 2015. Right. And then they won in 2017, too. That's after Coach Lamb had left. Okay. But uh, I think that was right before you got here. When was your freshman I, year? My freshman year was 2016, but I redshirted. But I remember right. they kind of were at the top they, of the they Big were Sky good around for that like time. That, yeah, 2012, yeah. or I mean, excuse me, 2015 to 2017, they were like perennial playoff. That 2017 team that won the league, uh, he recruited it. So he knows how to win in the league for sure. Uh, but he was talking just about the mentality of winning, like just believing you're going to win or not. Remind me, when you were in high school, did you guys have a winning program when you were in yeah, high school? Yeah, we went to state my senior year. Okay, so. Lost. But, but you still had a winning yeah, program. Yeah, and you're obviously program. a winning program here when you're at Montana. Mm-hmm. Now with the Philadelphia Stars, I mean, is that an interesting deal? I mean, I guess how do you, how do you sort of describe that from an athlete's perspective, just trying to hone that the belief that you're going to win? Man, it, it honestly is hard for me to speak on it because I've never been in an environment that, that wasn't that that wasn't that, right. you know. So, I mean, probably with the stars is the best way I can describe it. You know, we were four and six this past year, still had a chance to make the playoffs. Our, our division wasn't that great. Yeah, we didn't make it. But, you know, it's all about belief. You know, yeah. Do those guys in that locker room believe what that coach is saying to you? You right. know, do they believe that? 
that we do have a chance. I mean, it's all about belief. It, it really is about belief, and it's about yeah. that coach being able to get those players in that mindset to where they do believe what he's saying, to where they do believe that we can win, to where, like, you know, it's hard to describe because I've never been a coach, so I've never been on the other side of, sure. you know, I've always, and like I said, I've always been in an environment where we did, where the, the history was that we won or that we do win. So, you know, it's hard to speak on what it's like when it's not that. So I couldn't speak on a Northern Colorado where they have been down for a while, sure. a Portland State, a, a Cal Poly, all these right. places where, you know, they don't usually win. I'd be interested to speak to a coach who, like coach, the coach you just spoke to, um, about what that's like. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Well, I, I think that, you know, manifestation's a real thing. Yes. But I also think that the self-fulfilling prophecy of losing can be a real thing as well. And that's what Northern Colorado It's like a slippery slope. I mean, Northern Colorado was up 21-7 against Weber State in the fourth quarter of that game. And then they threw two pick sixes because it was almost like, well, we just don't deserve to win this somehow in our minds. And so we're just we're just going to let it slip away, even and though they had the game in hand. And that's OK. I can speak to this. And it is a mindset thing. Right. So it's like when you're used to winning, especially like NDSU, I bet even when they were down in North Dakota, they're like, we're going to figure out a way to win this yep. because that's what they're used to. But in right. northern Colorado's instance, you know, it could be something little. You're on a you're up 21, seven or whatever. You said they were up by 14. Yep. 21, seven, yep. 21, seven. And you get a 15-yard personal foul. It's like, oh, here we go. And it's just that simple. It might just be one person thinking it, yeah. but when it's a collective thought that, oh, my gosh, here we go again, right. it, it's infectious. It's, you know? it's crazy, too, how it is such a mentality. I remember in 2012, this is when Ernest Collins Jr. was still the head coach in Northern Colorado. They brought in more talented transfers than I'd ever seen. Like grad in, transfers. In the, and just multiple types of transfers. Ah, but they okay. had – they had dude Clarence Bumpus, who was an All-American at Kansas State, but got kicked out of school for, for drugs, and so he landed at Northern Colorado. Uh, they had a dude, uh, Leland William, Willingham, who was a Florida State transfer. Mm. Their quarterback, Seth Lobato, went on to play for the Denver Broncos, played in the NFL for like six years. Wow. They had a receiver, Jace Davis, who went to the NFL, played for the Ravens for a while. They had a squad. I mean, they had a squad. They went 0-8 in Big Sky Conference play. I remember being down there in Greeley when they were playing the, the Bobcats, and I remember they were up. 35-21, and the Bobcats literally just gave the ball to Cody Kirk, their former All-American running back, the entire third and fourth quarter, and he just willed them to win, and they just won 38-35. And it's just crazy to see because sometimes it's just not about the talent. Right? No, and that's why it's so awesome when a head coach is able – a coach, a head coach and coaching staff are able to turn around yeah. a program yeah. because of what you're just talking about. Northern Colorado had all the talent. Yeah. On paper, they look like the Big Sky favorites, I'm sure. Right. And then when you put it on the field – it's yeah. like, why doesn't it equate to wins? Because it's yeah. bigger than just the talent. You have to, one, be able to have the right scheme and the right um, formula to put that talent together. But also, it's the man up top, whoever's commanding sure. that talent. They have He has to be able to empower them and let them know, give them the belief that, hey, we can win. We we can do this. And it, and it, and it, and it, and it takes little things like, you know, like us beating NDSU in 2015. That wasn't yeah. a great season for us, but that, like – gives your team motive that, like, we just did this with this new head coach. Yeah. Like, we believe in this guy. And, you know, whatever ended up happening that season that derailed it. I'm pretty sure Brady got hurt that year, too, so yeah, Brady it was it was. But, did, yep. but, yeah, things like that, you know. What uh, Sammy came here on uh, Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, so you were a redshirt in 2016. Yes, so did you remember when the Grizz lost at Northern Colorado? Yes. They ran, like, some two three-double cloud, basically <laughs> just, like, because we wanted to throw the ball, they're oh, basically right. daring us to run it the whole game. Yeah, and they that just was in the Bob Stitt offense. Yeah, you had four wide pretty much all the time. Yeah, yeah, and they were just like, "Run it." Yeah, we don't think you can, and we didn't. <laughs> and 
That was that was a mind blowing deal. I mean, that was like the first uh, chink in the armor of, of of several of the things that then ended up getting coached it let yeah. go. Um, but I was I was looking at it. I mean, that's the only time the Northern Colorado's ever beat the Grizz. They never won. Really? They've never won in Missoula. They they beat them in 1976 when they're both D two. But since Northern uh, Colorado moved up to the Big Sky in 2006, that's the only time Northern Colorado's ever beat the Grizz. So. Has Northern Colorado since 06 competed for a Big Sky championship never, at all? Never. 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 Wow, that's tough. They've only had two winning seasons. And see, that's why I'm so blessed to have come to Montana because I didn't know anything about Montana. I had no right. idea about the winning culture. I, I, I'm so lucky that I ended up at a program that people cared and that was winning because I could have ended up at a Northern Colorado. Right. And who knows what my career would look like? But man, I'm so thankful. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild, and it's so hard too because then like the losing manifests itself, yes. and then. You're not having nearly as good of an experience, and then yes. all of a sudden, you know, it's way more justifiable. If there's you nobody go, at the games, nobody's at the games. You want to leave? I mean, it's easier to to convince yourself I'm going to get out of here when things get tough. So, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. So we'll, we'll just give a couple thoughts on this week's game with the Grizz, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what you saw in Cat Sac State, and talk a little bit about Cats Idaho as well, because that's the matchup of the of the oh, yeah. uh, week this week. I mean, Montana's riding the ship, man. They're riding a lot of momentum coming into this. They've won three games in a row, and uh, they've changed everything yeah. across the board. And, you know, that's the thing is you'd, you'd want to say the cliche is you got to avoid a trap game, but, like, it would be a catastrophe if they lost it. I mean, North Carolina's only one. I'm not going to say anything like no, that. No, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, man, like, hey, I, 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 I guess I just – I don't – I think it, I do think it would be an incredibly unlikely scenario that Montana doesn't show up ready to play. They I believe play, so they, as They well. haven't played at home in a month. Yeah. They're just coming off of a bye. They yeah. took a ton of momentum into the bye. I mean, I just think that they're going to come out ready to go. I mean – I do too, but hasn't there been some type of statistic that we haven't really played too well after buys? That's right. Under Halk or – That's right. Yeah, Bo- Bo- Bobby has – Bobby's teams have, have traditionally been sort of flat after buys, especially if they go into the buy with momentum. Yeah. I mean, we asked him after that game. We said, what do you think of the time of your buy? He's like, I hate it. I want to keep playing. He's like, we're rolling right now. Right. I want, I want games, games, games. Let's exactly. go. So – I don't know. I, I bet you that they had some sort of competition last week, though. You and I talked I'm about sure. it. I bet you they had a Saturday sure. practice or something. Uh, <laughs> I would bet some money on it, for <laughs> so, sure. Uh, I mean, what do you think then? I mean, it, it's just all about keeping the momentum going, though. Yeah. For the just, just do your job. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself. Stay humble. That's the biggest thing I would say is please stay humble and just do your job, and, and you guys should win easily. But, you know – yeah, just just do your job. Don't don't think that oh we're rolling. Like no, this team can come in and beat you. And how is somebody who stresses that a lot? Winning is hard. That's why you see him at the top of the tunnel. Yep, shaking everybody's hand because no matter what you say, a Northern Colorado, a NAIA, winning a college football game is hard. So I mean, just take care of business, do your job, and we should walk out of this with a with a pretty good dub. This is cool. So we got SWX on the TV right now in the studio. Uh, this is the Brock and Salk show. So uh, Brock Heward is one of the hosts here. He's wearing a Grizz sweatshirt. Hey. Okay. Because the Hewards obviously have ties in Missoula. The, the two Heward girls play for the Lady Grizz. But that's cool. Just on I think on TV. He, does he work for Fox as well? Uh, there, so there's two Hewards. I can never remember who's who. There's Damon Heward and there's Brock Heward. That's Brock Heward. I can't. I think I, it was him. I, th- I think he was a sideline reporter in the USFL this year. That, that could be. And Damon Heward does a lot of stuff with the Huskies. They're both UW alums. Okay. Brock's daughters, for sure. I know Brock's daughters are the ones that play for the Lady Grizz right now. Okay. So. I saw it looks like him, but I remember. He and Damon look a lot alike, too. I have okay. such a hard time telling them apart. <laughs> okay. Either him or his brother was yeah. one of the sideline cool. reporters or something during uh, some of the USFL games. I've yeah, ever seen. yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, so take us through the. Uh, 
the the Bobcat Sac State game. Man, Sac State, the Bobcats are really good. I'll say that they can they run are. the ball very well. Um, you definitely, I think Sac State definitely exposed their defense. There's definitely holes there. They were. I, I don't think they struggle moving the ball at all. No, Sac State's offense is pretty good. Too. Really good. Their quarterback's good. He had a rough game. He had a rough game for and sure. And he didn't really run the ball that much. But if you notice on some of the reads, I Montana State had to had to have schemed this up. I mentioned this in my video, but. Whenever they would go a read, a zone read with yep. with Kane, Kaden Bennett, the DNs were not worried about the running back at all. For sure, they were running straight at Bennett. Yep. And I don't know if that's a game plan thing or yep. that's what they usually do. I feel like that's probably something they did against Bennett specifically. Yeah. But you could, it seemed like they were trying to take him out of the game as much as they could. For sure. You know, the interception, the second interception was really unfortunate. Just a batted up ball that ended up in Montana State's hands, and the timing of it hurt. Yeah. They had literally just got an interception. The play before. Yeah. And on their first play back with the ball, they throw the interception. So it's like they made a lot of mistakes that you just cannot make against the top teams in the country. Nine penalties for 65 yards when Montana State only had three for 30. That's tough. It is tough. You for know? sure. Yeah, I mean, I, mitigating mistakes is one of the key parts when you get into those big games. And that's where I'm so impressed with the Cats. Everybody talks about the run game, and that deserves a ton of credit, no doubt about it. But also, the thing that is so amazing to me about this version of Montana State is that I mean, you know this well. The The volatility within a college football game is it, – it's why we love watching college football because oh, yeah. the roller coaster is just all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. How do you react when you make a big play? How do you react when you make a big mistake? How do you react when you get burned? How do you react when you moss somebody? Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of the, – the roller coaster emotionally is part of what coaching is in college football. And, and they kill you slowly because you're not going to get a lot of possessions. That's right. And But Montana State, they don't ride the roller coaster. Even when yeah. they make a mistake, then boom, they go out and make – Another yeah. play, right? Like Chambers throws that terrible pick, bad mistake. Yeah, opportunity for Sac terrible State. throw. Oh three, my gosh! Three plays later, they get the tip, and boom, they get a pick right back, and then they got the ball back. And then, yep. like you're saying, then they waste nine minutes off the clock. And but they, we we just talked about coaching and culture. Yeah, that's also coaching oh, and culture, one hundred percent. So I would put a lot of that on Vegan as well, one hundred percent. His job. I mean, he inherited a, a fairly good program from yeah. Cho, but the ability to be able to, you know. Keep these guys level-headed. Keep these guys in the game no matter what happens. You know, it is a very good aspect that they have. I want to ask you this. There are so many different styles of coaches. You played for one here at Montana that's very, you know, intense. Yeah. We're going to rip your head off. You know, Mm -hmm. we we want to be the more physical team. We are going to beat you up. Yeah. And it's a great style. It's very on-brand with Montana. I think that's why people love the Grizz brand of football. Uh, But there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. Jeff Choate was a great recruiter, and he was a great uh, inspirational guy. I think mm-hmm. that's why they were really good in the rivalry game. That's why Jeff yeah. Choate won four times in the rivalry game. Yeah. I also think that that emotional intensity made them really volatile, and I think they also made, they, they lost some games that they shouldn't have because yeah. of that during his time. I think that Vegan taking over has been the perfect formula for them because he's way more calm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there is one way or another to do it better, but it's, it's, just, it's just interesting – Sometimes it's just about the fit, right? And I think the fact that Vegan has taken this in, it's just the perfect fit at Montana State right now. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. Um, It's all about fit. It's all about your ability to empower your players. Um, You know, I'd have to be in in the locker room to know more about Vegan. I don't know too much about Coach Vegan other than he's a good coach. And the only reason I know he's a good coach is because Montana State wins. That's right. You know, so you yeah. look at the record. This guy's <laughs> yep. obviously doing something right. Yep. Uh, they went to the Natty. What that was his first year as the coach. That's right. right? So, I mean, he's nineteen to one of the big guys that's yeah. taking over there. So I mean, that one though. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but um, 
yeah, I mean, there's definitely different ways to go about it. Stitt definitely went a different way than Hauk. Um, and obviously, Hauk's been a little more successful than Stitt was. Was that a, was that a hard transition? Just the style? Of how, um, how, it was initially. It initially, was, you yeah. know, because because Stitt was way more laid back. He wasn't as he wasn't definitely as hard nosed, and he wasn't as attention to detail. Sure, you know. Um, so it was a hard transition, you know, for Matt drills and everything for us to the way he coached us, the way he he demanded of us class checks, grade checks. You know, you're bringing in your grades to your coaches every couple of weeks, just all the things that he did in order to make sure that things were in line, which ultimately help you as a student, as a man, as as a person. But, you know, it, it's hard to to acclimate to that when you've been under a different regime. But um yeah, it, it was it was a it was an interesting transition from Stitt to Hauk. Um Your observation on what they were doing in the zone read stuff with the Cats' defense against Sac State, I think it's a really good one. There's also always the circumstances that go into all this stuff. I think it's really interesting and also uh, hard to to follow the Big Sky Conference because the Montana schools get covered a ton. Yeah, we always are trying to set the pace covering the rest of the Big Sky, but there's just not a lot of information out there. Yeah, like Marcus Fulcher who's supposed to be Sac State's stud running back. I didn't even realize that he had a busted up ankle. I know. But then he played in the game, but then he busted it again. Like, he's on the sideline. drive. So then you wonder maybe if they adjusted that defensively too and said, hey, the stud's on the sideline. Let's just take the quarterback out of this thing. I but think- if you look at it, it wasn't even Fulcher, 25. No, that guy's the Ta- third string running back. Ta- Ta- Tolliver. And you wonder if he got loose a little bit because they were keen on Bennett so much maybe, too, right? Maybe, actually. Because wow, he, yeah. he had that nice – he had the 53-yard run. That was I, awesome. Yeah, they have some talent at Sac State for sure. I also thought 16, the tight end, Marshall Martin. He's He's been there for a minute. Yeah, he's he's a good player, man. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's really fast. I'm so interested to see how he translates at the next level. He's only about 6'2", 230. Yeah, probably an H. But he's really, really fast. Yeah. Uh, he has NFL speed and yeah. NFL hands. He's got the talent for sure. He's not going to be an inline tight end because he got to be 6'4", 250. Probably an H, fullback but, type. But, but he could totally be an H-type guy, I yeah. think, yeah. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. But that's where the Cats, I think they set themselves apart, is they're able to just stem the tide, stem the tide, stem the tide, until then they just let the dam break and they just... Yeah, bulldoze you, right? And I that's mean, what happened for sure. I mean, they, they, Chambers throws the bad pick. Three plays later, boom, they get the tip pick. They get it right back. They turn it into points. Then Sacks scores and then gets a stop and then drives it all the way down the one yard line again. But then the Cats get two TFLs. They force a field goal there instead of a touchdown, and so yes. they're still at four. Then they have a ninety-five yard drive where that takes nine minutes off the clock, and boom, they're back up eleven. Then they get one turnover on downs, and boom, another touchdown. And then when you're, like you're looking at when you're down by 16 against them in the fourth quarter, it's just it's impossible. You can't I know. do anything. And I thought they started going for it on fourth down early. I but also, so too. but also, it's like they're not because you're <laughs> playing against a Montana State, yeah. who will take the air out of the game if yeah. you let them. Like they have yeah. the ability to just run it down your throat, take eat clock. Like so, it's like it's like I personally did think it was a little early, but also it's like dang, like you can't even really judge them like that because it's like who you're playing I, against. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, they're going, they're down 35-24, and there's six minutes to go, and they're going for it on fourth down. But then they did re- it earlier than that, though. I think I think they like did eleven you're right. minutes. I think you're right. And I was like, what are? But they had just had a nine minute drive against them, yeah. so you know it, it does make sense. Yeah. 
Uh, the way the Cats do it in the run game, too, is just so impressive. Mm-hmm. The way that they can use the quarterbacks, the way they use all the running backs. And their attention to detail. Yes. Like the mesh point on the reads. Oh, man. The DNs, like, there were a few times where I thought that the Sac State DNs played the, the zone read with Tommy very well. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to read that mesh point. Yep. You know, he's number, number four was trying to play the middle, and he took like one half step. And Tommy's so quick that if you fall step at all, he's, he's around the edge on you. Yeah. So it's like... You can play it perfectly, but I think they they co- that this also touches back to coaching. Coach Vegan yeah. and his staff they coach very well, but also their attention to detail, their, their their techniques. They know their they know their jobs and they do them very well. And you can tell that there's a good coaching staff there teaching these guys the way to do things the right way. Well, we talk about quarterbacks all the time. And I think the layman, the general public, this analyzes the way a guy throws the ball. Yeah. The ball skills part, though, especially in college football, there's so much more to it, right? That's where Tommy Lott's so elite. His play action fakes, his mesh yes. point when he's pulling it, when he's yes. taking it. I mean, that those ball skills are just they're, yeah. they're superb. Yeah, 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 for sure. What do you think of – so Malott, in terms of next-level projections, is so fascinating to me because he is think absolutely, be a running back he's absolutely not a next-level quarterback. No. He's just too small. He's only six feet tall. Yeah, and and you know he just he throws it pretty good for a college quarterback. But you know, I mean, yeah, you got to throw it like Trevor Lawrence. Too. And personally, I feel like he's too. I mean, he's so athletic. Oh, he's so athletic. Get the ball in his hands. That that's that's the part where I'm I'm so interested though because, I mean, their strength coach says he runs four three, and and I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, they have they they do the the miles Catapult. per hour. Timing thing, and I mean they've they've clocked him at twenty one miles per hour. This year. I mean that's like you're talking like I don't know why we don't do that either. Right? Why do the Grizzlies? I mean do I that? know why we don't do that, but because they don't want to see. We don't we don't have to get into it right now. Okay, <laughs> we can talk about that later <laughs> on. Uh, I, I just think it's gonna be fascinating because Tommy Watts gonna have a pro day in front of scouts in two years, yeah. and he's gonna put up some ridiculous numbers, and they're gonna be like, well, where are you gonna play? I think slot or. A running back, or just maybe like a gadget guy, like like he's not as big as Taysom Hill, but I see him being able to do some of the same things: mm. catch the ball, mm-hmm. handoffs, things like that. Yeah. Maybe some wildcat quarterback. I mean, he's he's too good. Not I feel like personally, I feel like he's too good not to be able to fit somewhere on an NFL yeah. roster because he's got the speed, he's got the talent. The league right now, I mean, speed kills. Speed if kills. you got speed, we'll find a place to put you. Yeah, you know, the size thing is just going to be the it's going to be the yeah. obstacle, man. Yeah. I mean, he weighs 210 pounds, but he's, you just look at him, he's just small. Yeah. Like when you look at him, you're just like, you're small. Yeah. You know, I mean, by six feet by two, NFL yeah, standards. Six feet yes. 210 is yes. a huge guy, but yeah. by NFL standards, he's he, definitely yeah, a small guy. He, he's yeah. small. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. All right. Well, let's talk about this Cats Idaho matchup then. Man. Um, I think this is really interesting because I think that Idaho doesn't have anything for the Cats when they got the ball. But I also think you that mean in I, terms of like moving like, the ball offensively, like, like when Montana State's got the ball, I think Idaho's gonna have a really hard time slowing them. Oh down. yeah. Flip side though, I think Idaho, I think the Cats gonna have a really hard time slowing Idaho oh, down because yeah. I think I, I just think they're whatever team has the ball has a severe mismatch. They, yeah, they have a huge advantage both ways. Oh yeah, and I mean, I don't know if they'll play. I, I, I don't know how much zone read stuff that Idaho does. I don't think they do a ton. They don't. You know, so I don't think they'll be able to play him the same way they played Bennett, um, play McCoy the same way they played right, Bennett. Right, right. But 
you know, his scramble ability when mm-hmm. the play breaks down, that's something that hurt Montana late in that game. That's For why sure. they were able to come back. He's able to break the pocket, but also running those 15-yard scramble plays that, you know, just out of nowhere. Bennett did that one time in the game. You could see the receivers were running routes. He, it was a fourth. And, it was that first fourth and five with yep. 11 minutes left. Yep. He's like, forget this. I'm just running it. Yep. And he got like 20 yards on yep. it. And I think that's going to be something that Montana State's going to struggle with. But in terms of them being able to stop Montana State's defense or offense, I – I don't think they will be able to. I, I mean, I, I don't really know who's gonna, yeah. you know? I mean, it's like Coach Eck, uh, I know his coach said this week, he's like, well, I don't know how you go about stopping Montana State's run game. I mean, they've rushed for 215 on South Dakota State. They've rushed for 325 on everybody else. Yeah. It's uh, it's impressive. And they, I mean, everybody knows it's coming, and they still just stick with it. I know, and I didn't even – I mean, obviously they were running the ball good against Sac State, but when they popped that stat up in the fourth quarter that they had like 306, I was like – where did right? that come from? I know it's just like <laughs> ho hum, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. The 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 part that gives them so much, it makes them such a hard matchup. Is most teams that run the ball as often as Montana State, you can just try to outnumber them in the box and yeah. dare the quarterback to throw. Mm-hmm. You can't outnumber them in the box though, because they they play too tight on every single yeah. set. And with no, the number eight was out, Derek Snell. Yeah. But when he's in, he could be that. H slash Y slash like they move them all around. They can, can put everything. them in the slot. They can put them in the backfield. So you and can't just forget about them. You can't forget about them because then if you outnumber them in the box and, and then Tommy does pull it, boom, that's twenty five yards right off the seam. So. Yes, and they do that RPO so well where they where they um, wham the tight end across, but yep. he goes on a flat yep. and it's an RPO read. They're reading the run. You can hand it. You can pull it, but you can also throw it to the flats. Like, I mean. You're never wrong. It's hard to be wrong when you run a scheme like that. It's very hard to be wrong if you have a quarterback who knows how to run it well and they run it probably the best in the country. Yep, for sure. Uh, The Cats' defense, uh, their strength up front for sure. The D line's playing really, really well. Yeah, Uh, they've been they've been sort of all over the place everywhere else defensively though. That's where I think if they can get home, the Cats can get home against McCoy. uh, It's a huge advantage for the Cats. But if they can't. And he's running around making plays. That's where you just get gashed. That's yeah. where Hayden Hatton gets, you know, eleven. What did they have for, one sack against Sac State? I think just one sack. Yeah, I felt like they protected pretty well. For yeah. sure. They yeah, they definitely have to get home. I think that's one thing Montana did pretty well is creating definitely. pressure. And even though McCoy was able to scramble around sometimes, like they got a lot of sacks on McCoy, and yep. I think that's the key to Montana State defensively. Because if you give him the time, he's gonna find somebody. It doesn't matter who, what defense he's playing against. I believe that he's good enough where he's gonna make something happen positive for them. Uh, the the keys to beating the cats is, is easy. I think you got to win the turnover battle and you got to slow down their run game somehow. Yeah, you got to keep up. That's right. You got to keep up. So like you, Sac State kept up, but the turnovers just started to add up. The mistakes yeah. started to add up. Yeah. So you think that's the key for Idaho too? I mean, yeah. for me to Idaho, it's you got to get out front early too. Yes. You can't be playing from behind. Yes. Idaho can't play from behind. Their yes. style. I mean, when they were down ten nothing in that game, I was like, whoa, they got they're they're facing uphill climbing yeah. for the rest of this yeah. game because the way they play. I mean, Sac State, and that's what. That's why it's just so hard because they could have – I truly believe they could have won that game. They were up 7-0. They had just got to stop yep. on defense. They had the ball, and they throw the pick six. Right. It's like you can't do that against this team. That. You can't do that against anybody. But this team, that yeah. is the last thing you yep. can do. So Idaho cannot turn over the ball. Like you have to treat that ball like it is your life. I don't care if you have to punt every time. Don't give them <laughs> free possessions. Totally. I mean, obviously you don't want to punt every time. But like – you can't give them short fields, pick sixes, easy points on the board. That that'll kill you. It's gonna be fascinating. I, I I can't wait to see what the total comes out on for this for the over under because these are two of the higher scoring offenses in the league. But 
neither one's going to want to let the other one have the ball. Yeah. So I think they're going to play a lot of ball control. So I yeah. think the under is definitely in play, even if they are pretty efficient offensively yeah. on both sides. Yeah. And not to get off subject a little here, but have you noticed that that is happening in the NFL too? Oh, Coach the Marty. The second half of games? Coach Marty and I talked about it a bunch, man. I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. First of all, I think that the NFL – spins the narrative that it's a quarterback-driven league and it's an offensive league because that's the easiest thing for the normal the fan. fan that doesn't really know much about football yeah. but wants to watch and drink beer and all that. Like yeah. That's the easiest thing for them to understand. It is a defensive league right Man. now. Man. It's because every team – part of it's because the level of talent that's coming out of the, the, the top college programs, yeah. NFL ridiculous. ready. I mean, I mean, you can get you can get a hundred guys in the draft out of the SEC that are like ready to play in a right game in the now. NFL right now. Yeah. So even if you get guys that get hurt, I mean, like think about Thursday night football. It was a Thursday or Monday night football. Whenever the Seahawks played the Giants, when the Seahawks had eleven sacks. Oh yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. I think it was Monday. They night. Had, the Seahawks only had one starting lineman and starting defensive lineman in the game. It doesn't matter because now matter. everybody has six, seven, just dogs. And I on think the that's front. because. For a minute, it was really an offensive league. That's right. And defense, obviously, defense are trying to figure out how do we stop these guys, right. get pressure on the quarterback. That's right. You know, right. And now everybody has six of them but on the even, team. Even on that fact that it's a defensive league, yeah. does it not feel like teams are playing so scared when oh, they have playing a so lead scared. in the second they're, half? They're playing so scared. And, and, and it's so hard. To, you watch college football and the NFL yes. all the time, so it's really hard to go from one to the other. Yes. Because it's a totally different way of managing the game, right? In college – you're going to get, what, at least 10 and sometimes as many as 15 or 16 offensive possessions? Yeah. The NFL right now, it is a three to four possession per half deal. Yeah. You're getting six to eight possessions in the game. That's it. That's why Mahomes is so ridiculous because yeah. he can score 30 points even if he only has the ball eight times. Because he makes the most of it. Makes the most of it. They never give it up. And 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 it's so hard, too, now because now it's like you got Mahomes, who's a unicorn, but yeah. then they're looking at all these other quarterbacks trying to say, like, why can't you do that? It's like, <laughs> this, guy, that? this guy is a one of a one. <laughs> He's like, one of just one. like Brady was one of one. That's right. Peyton Manning was really good. Drew Brees was really good. But right. there was only one Tom Brady. That's right. That's There's right. only one Pat Mahomes. That's so it's right. like, it, it's hard. Like, these quarterbacks are good guys. That Everybody in the NFL is good. So it's hard. Like, they're just trying to compare him to Pat Mahomes, and it's hard to compare him to him. It's hard to compare it to him, man. And, well, and that's the thing is you have all these guys now that can run, but they – they run away and they run out and they run up. Mahomes is so good because he actually never runs it. Yeah. <laughs> he just runs behind the line and yeah. keeps it alive and then gets rid of it. Yeah. But like you're saying, they want people to be able to do that. Well, nobody in the world that's right handed can be rolling out to their left, sprinting full speed, <laughs> and turn around and throw it back to the others. Like nobody can it's do that. Ridiculous. It's, it's not possible. It's nobody th- can do it. Well, I'll say this probably the only other person who can do it, who we've seen do it, is Caleb Williams. For sure. But yeah, I mean, he's sure. kind of, for sure. I don't know the 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 momentum of his start of his season has kind of went want us. Uh, it's kind of waned now. No, for sure, hundred percent. USC struggling big time. Honestly, I'm not putting this on this kid. I don't think the Javante McCoy is the next Patrick Mahomes, but he makes some weird throws. He does. He can roll out both ways and stop on a dime, and he kind of throws it like he's throwing darts. Yeah, he makes some weird throws for sure. Uh, all right, well, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? Just last thoughts on this Montana State-Idaho game. I mean, this is a huge game for both teams. Idaho's spinning it like, hey, it's okay if we lose this, we're still in the playoffs. I thought that was fascinating yeah. that Coach X said that. I wouldn't have said that. Montana State is, I mean, they're on a mission, man. Yeah. They're just like, man, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we have no plans of doing anything but winning every single game for the rest of the year. So yeah. it's fascinating. Um, control the ball. 
uh, you got to get some stops on defense. I know that's hard against Montana State, yeah. and it feels like kind of obvious to say this, but you have to get some stops on defense because I don't think, just like Sac State, I don't think Idaho will struggle moving the ball because they can throw it. They do have the receivers. They do have the talent. I think they'll be able to move the ball. you got to find a way to stop Montana State's defense two or three times. I think at least two or three times. If you want to win, you got to be able to stop them at least two or three times. And you have to when you get a lead, you cannot you have to put up points every time you, you get the ball if you get a lead. So um gotta control the, the the time of possession, which is hard against Montana State. Can't give away the ball and gotta get some stops. I think I think that's the the formula for them. Uh it'd be fascinating. Big Sky Breakdown, Scott at SportsMT.com. Sammy Akim, he'll be chiming in throughout the rest of the football season. Looking forward to that. Probably catch him on ESPN radio as well. And uh Tell people about the videos. You can go check out these videos on your YouTube channel. It's pretty fun. Yes, you can go check out my YouTube at SamuelKim18. Um, go tap in. I drop a new video every week. Uh, I try to do some more videos, try to do some short clips for you guys, but I'm breaking down Big Sky Football. Loving it. Uh, been getting really good uh, response from the fans and everybody, so go check them out. They're really good, and I'd appreciate the support. Sweet. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you, man. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, or maybe ESPN Radio as well. Time now for our Big Sky Spotlight, where we highlight various storylines going on around the Big Sky Conference. And how about the Idaho State Bengals? Three and one in Big Sky Conference play after a nice win last week at Portland State, their second straight uh, beat Eastern Washington the week before that. So definitely some momentum there at Pocatello. Cody Hawkins, the first-year head coach of the Bengals, joins us now. Coach, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Very good. Uh, first of all, i got to ask you a funny question. Uh, have you Love ever Googled question. yourself? Uh, I think people have. All the guys on our team have. And, boy, they there are a lot of gems on the internet web. Well, so the first thing that pops up is an autofill, Cody Hawkins and Taylor Swift. And there's some person in the world that went to prom with Taylor Swift back when they were sophomores in high school. Wow. Good for them. That was amazing. I know. I was like, if I was Cody Hawkins at Idaho State, I would just lie and say, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely not. I was trying to put two and two together. I was like, nah, he was not well, ne- definitely not living in Nashville anytime, let alone then. So uh, pretty funny, the stuff that the uh, the internet comes up with. On a serious note, though, tell us about your team. I mean, you guys have been playing uh, really hard all season and really well the last several weeks. So uh, what's been the keys? What, what, have you, what has got into your guys' recent uh, little surge? Jeez, you know, it's just the, the kids just, just playing hard and having fun. I think uh, there's so many things that you try and do when you get into a place, and if not – not saying that anybody who was here did things any wrong at all. Cause I mean, hey, coach Fennessey is an awesome coach. I mean, he's been a good friend of mine and a great supporter of myself and a big fan of what he's done. And now he's helping out the Grizz. But I, I just think the kids have been through some rocky waters, kind of starting with COVID and then a tough year losing your starting quarterback in year one. And then uh, in week one, and then coach Ragel obviously was, it was only here for a year and left, but I just think having some consistency and legitimate relationships with the guys and the guys feeling like they're being cared about empowering them to go out there and cut it loose. Cause I mean, it is Division One football. You know, kids, you still get scholarships and you got to play and compete. But when you when you only win one game, it's usually nothing's going right. Like your culture's not good, your administration's not good, the vibe isn't good. If you just play hard, you can you can luck yourself in one or two. And our, our kids have really bought into that. I think they're having fun and playing for each other, and that makes it proud. 
Well, that's one thing that I, I think sometimes is elusive, and it seems funny that it is, but just, just the element of having fun. I mean, it seems like you guys, your guys are really enjoying themselves, and it seems like that's important to you as well. Yeah, it's extremely important to me because if you're trying to fix one thing when you come to Idaho State where, you know, winning a game is kind of standard here, and that's unfortunate. But there's a long, strong tradition here, and you kind of try and recall that a little bit of back when people called them the throwing Idahoans. You said, hey, let's have a dome. Let's, let's have fun with how we treat kids and how we practice. Let's have fun schematically and be unique and um, try to stand for something. And I, I want our kids to have a great time because, you know, coming into a place like this, I'm not, I'm not saying that – I'm going to guarantee we're going to win any amount of games ever. But I can guarantee that we're going to treat the kids better and really try to amplify their experience, and I, I think we have so far. Last week, fun watching you guys play. I mean, what a great start, first of all. So, I mean, what went into that? What did you like about your preparation throughout the week, and how were you guys able to get off to that 14 uh, nothing lead in Portland? Yeah, I mean, Portland State's a darn good football team. have a ton of respect for, for Bruce Barnum. I think, uh, you know, just being able to – get a stop and go three and out. I think Portland State has done a great job with their run game um, this year. They've been pretty dynamic. So we spent a lot of time getting into trying to stop Dante Sachere. And let's not, let's, let's not forget that they were missing uh, their, their starting running back because that dude's sure. an absolute stud. And I, I hope he's healthy. I hope he comes back. But, uh, you know, with the Craig kid out, um, getting them to go three and out was good for us. We were able to go down and score. And, you know, back-to-back three and outs with our longest punt return of the season helped set up the second score. And for – for a young team like we have and kids who are struggling to just consistently believe in themselves and find that confidence, it's huge to get out to a start. And we definitely needed it because, I mean, heck, the rest of the game, it was, it was back and forth, right? I mean, we ended up winning by 14, and Portland State's a good football team and play us, you know, punch for punch the rest of the game. Well, they do. They run the ball so well, but it seemed like just getting out to the lead, that, that helped you guys maybe mitigate that, not only just because – uh, they they were playing from behind, but I mean, it just seems like it fundamentally changed what they like to do on offense. Obviously, the Craig kid being out affects it, but I mean, it seems like the good start also impacted your guys' ability to slow down what is one of the better running games in the in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you want people to not run the ball down your throat, you kind of have to force their hand a little bit. And, you know, one of it can be just game flow. So, if we won the toss, we we're going to try in the more early, and we were able to do that. Boy, it played into our hands. You're absolutely right. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Also, we've talked a lot about your quarterbacks throughout the year, and I was so impressed with Jordan Cook when you guys were in Missoula, and it's been really fun to watch him uh, evolve and, and grow these last several weeks as well. But Hunter Hayes, a huge contribution, and it seemed like the quarterback run game and his role in that was a, a, an awesome spark for you guys offensively. So just tell me about that element of your, of your offensive attack last week. Yeah, when, when we came here, we, we said that we had to play both of them. Just uh... – you know, Jordan Cook was kind of a wild card with a ton of athleticism. He's a great kid and has a ton of natural ability, but has not played a lot of football. He had played 10 football games, including junior college and high school varsity, before he came here. I mean, so as long as the day is long. Um, but we knew he had ability, and for us to get better faster, you kind of had to take a shot on that. But you also can't discount the type of person that Hunter Hayes is. He's just tough. You would want to make yourself. He's a great teammate. He prepares his tail off. 
And I think just being honest with him and showing true value to him, letting him know, hey, we want you to play 10 to 15 plays in every game. And it didn't necessarily work out in Missoula, but in every game, that's the plan to find some things that he can do well. Um, he can throw the ball. I mean, he, he's accurate and he can throw it far, um, but he's just such a tough kid. It helps out our run game a lot when you're a 10 personnel team playing with four receivers. You need to find a way to get some numbers and add an extra hat. And having him read stuff or uh, use the tailback as a blocker and make him the tailback, that helps us out a lot. Well, certainly fun. A lot of creativity on offense. Uh, back to Jordan Cook. I mean, how have you seen him grow and evolve here uh, throughout this season? In every way, I think the way he prepares has evolved. I think his confidence has evolved. His pocket presence has evolved. His you know, status as a leader on the football team. He's grown up so much. I mean, you'd think he's been here for three years, and he's been here for about three months. He's a, he's a special kid. He really has a great smile on his face, and he really, every moment, he tries to do his best not to make the same mistake again. We believe in that kid, and he's going he's gonna to take us a long way. But his relationship with Hunter Hayes has been so integral to the success of the entire offense because they're so supportive of each other. I mean, really supportive, not fake, get-along supportive. I mean, they get along really well. They're friends. Then the receivers just see them supporting each other that, you know, when we switch guys out, whether it's in the middle of a drive or at the end of a drive, that those guys are ready to rock and roll and do whatever they're asked to execute. He has such unbelievable upside. Just his natural talent is just, I mean, you get to see it. It just pops off the screen when you watch you guys on, on TV. So, um, I mean, how close do you think he is to, I mean, he, he's only scratching the surface, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got three more years to play. I mean, you know, in this day and age, it's going to be hard as heck to keep him here in Pocatello, but we're sure going to try. But he's he's grown a lot, and he's got special ability, something that I never had. And, you know, in this conference, it's, that's kind of what it is. You either get a bounce back, you get some guy who's got some raw ability that just, you know, you just throw him on the field and kind of see what happens. And he's, he's done well for us so far, but he's going to need to continue to grow. We're going to continue to push him to grow. And I have no doubt that, that he will continue to do so based on his work ethic and attitude. Well, now you got a big, another big game, um, third ranked opponent in four weeks. And uh, it's the three time defending big sky coverage champions. Idaho state goes to Sac state. Uh, so, Sac State coming off a loss to Montana State, but still a really talented team. Uh, what do you think of this matchup, and what do you see when you look at the Hornets? Yeah, well, I, I know, uh, in, in my opinion, I think just looking at the tape, Sac State's as, as special as anybody in the league is when you talk about a complete football team. I mean, really, I think outside of Montana State, they're probably doing the best job playing really good football on offense, defense, and teams. You know, they're scoring, they're scoring at a good clip. Your defense, especially with Andy Thompson, former Grizz, doing a wonderful job. I, I think Andy's just one of the more special people and coaches in the conference. He's fantastic. And then they're specialists. You know, they, they do so many things and they do them well that it's hard. I think everybody, on, you know, we're not going to be able to rest easy at any point in the game, which will be tough. And it's, it's going to be a challenge, road game, night game, you know, one of those things where you're looking back at getting at four in the morning. But uh, we're going to go out there and we're going to play. My, my message to the team all year has been to, hey, let's go out and play good football and let's have fun and enjoy the moment and give ourselves an opportunity to be in the fight because that's what college football is about. You're not going to win every game, but you can give your best on every play. And our guys have been doing that, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be a heck of a challenge on Saturday, but we're excited about the opportunity and we're working hard for it. Well, last thing for you, then, just, just key elements of this matchup. Is there anywhere you look that you take advantage of, and what do you just think of the overall matchup, X's and O's wise, in this, in this game? <clears throat> Well, I can't say enough good things about Sac State. I mean, they're fantastic. I think for us, we're always going to start with talking about turnovers. And for us being a team that throws the ball all the time, you know, it's not a 
old school Bill Snyder turnover talk because we know we're probably going to throw a pick or two. Just you can't throw it 40 times a game and, and not have that happen. So we got to really be aggressive trying to get the ball back on defense, whether that's getting to the quarterback in a strip sack, trying to punch on the ball with ball carriers, or or trying to bait the quarterback into throwing us one. And they've done a good job in turnover margins. So we got to be a little bit creative and and have consistent intention to make that happen. And then we got we got to find ways to to create big plays against Andy's defense. He's He's done such a good job. I played against him every year I've been in the conference, it feels like. And, gosh, he's a tough out. You know, he's so talented, and he gets those guys playing so hard in good spots. Um, We'll have to find ways to create some explosive plays and then, you know, mitigate theirs. I think if you let Caden Bennett get into a flow, if we give him too many easy completions and he starts to work up a lather, it's going to be a long day for the Bengals. But I love our guys, and, and they'll be ready to go. Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Maldonado Law can help you. Cody Hawkins, head coach of Idaho State. They're at Sac State on Saturday night. A a uh, big-time game in the Big Sky Conference. Coach, we really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Take care. Go Bengals. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Our Big Sky coverage continues here on ESPN Radio as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. We're joined now by Ed Lamb, the head coach of the Northern Colorado Bears. They're in Missoula Saturday afternoon. Coach Lamb, thanks for taking a minute, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, you know, we're uh, we're searching hard for success here, and uh, you know, everybody's down about that, but um, excited about the task at hand and excited to go up and play a really good Montana team. Well, we talked in the off season about some of these challenges you, you you were facing at Northern Colorado. Now that you're you know seven games into it, what has been maybe affirmed and and, and what have been some of the the challenges thus far uh, there for you guys at UNC? You know, I, I predicted that we would be competitive. I I feel like that um, I feel like that the previous coaches have recruited well here, and um, yet you know from a from a leadership and character standpoint. I just I don't think that we've been quite ready to get over the hump. I don't think our guys uh, expect to win, and I don't. And as coaches, we've failed to be able to instill that in them. And and some of that's just been uh, the fact that we've had you know losses stack up, and it, it can hurt um, anybody's confidence. But you know I feel really confident every week with um, the effort that the boys are putting in, and um, I feel like that there are there's tremendous potential in this program. So I'm really proud to be. Uh, the UNC Bears head coach, uh, both for the boys who are here now and, and those who will be here in the future. I, you know, I, um, I, I can't say that I'm, you know, I'm going to recruit any better than what uh, has been happening around here for a long time. But I, I do know that uh, we can develop players at uh, in a different and unique way. And you know, I don't say that because it's, you know, it's, it's something that I think I'm special at or u- unique, uh, or our staff is. I just think that. As coaches, we get what we emphasize, and I, I believe we emphasize that more than, than anyone else. We really hang our hats on player development. Well, just the, the art of learning how to win, I mean, that's so elusive. I mean, I'm sure if you could find the the proven, specific, uh, guaranteed formula, you'd be a billionaire. But, I mean, what are the steps that go into to sort of changing that mentality? 
Well, I can tell you just, I mean, specifically, I, you know, I don't know that I'm the, the, the end all authority, you know, to answer a question like that because it's, you know, it's kind of a global question, but, um, you know, just specifically for us this season, what I've noticed is that you know, we tend to start, uh, you know, at least since we've gotten into conference and kind of found out who we are and, and, and established a little more of an identity of, of what we're doing on offense, defense, and special teams and who we're actually putting in the game. Uh, from that point, I think we've played well in, in, you know, in generally speaking in first and third quarters. I think, I think we come out of the locker room with, with good plans and good confidence and, and we're ready to go and the, and the boys are playing hard. And then, you know, I, um, when when the game or the half has been on the line and, and you know, things are really um, getting to those critical times during, during the game, I think at that point some of our, our routes are coming up short. Some of our finishes uh, on the offensive line aren't as good. Um, timing on offense uh, overall, I think, is, is it becomes a problem in those moments. And defensively, losing our technique, you know, uh, the technique that would be – that got us there in the first place and made it a competitive game. At, the, at that point, we're abandoning technique and, and trying to do something special or outside of the ordinary, playing outside of the system. Those are the things that, that keep showing up for us right now to the point where we're not able to, to get over that uh, threshold. I, you know, I, if you study our scores, we're, we're one, one additional stop and one additional score away from being 4-0 in the league. It is fascinating because you guys have been in pretty much every game. And, I mean, I watched the game against Weber State and certainly uh, missed opportunities uh, down the stretch. Uh, and same thing with Sacramento State as well. Ed Lamb here on Nuana's Now, Northern Colorado head coach. Uh, all that said, I mean, it seems like you guys have made some progress. And, I mean, I know it's hard to, to quantify when you're still searching for that first win. But you mentioned just the, the effort and the competitiveness. What have you liked just specifically about your team so far that, that does give you the confidence moving down to the last month of the year? Well, so far they've been the mentally toughest team that I've been around, uh, and and I've I've had good fortune been around you know, as a player and and coach, uh, assistant and head coach, been around uh, championship teams, and and you know I've been doing it long enough too where you know, I've been through the ups and downs, and I and I've been around teams that aren't uh, doing so well and and are disappointed. These guys have just continued to come to work uh, every week, continued to believe in each other, continue to fight really hard. We have spirited practices we have excellent weight room sessions guys are you know guys come in early in the morning for for extra meetings and extra video review they stay after practice and, and work hard on their craft and and so just you know in so many ways I'm, I'm just as proud as can be as is what we're doing here and yet you know I own the the record and and the the, the win-loss record that we have hurts it's it's uh it's embarrassing it's, it's shameful I've failed to be able to get these guys over the hump and get that uh, that elusive victory, and and th that's all I want to see right now is for them to have the opportunity to celebrate in a locker room after a hard-fought game and feel like they accomplished something worthwhile and that all their work is is worthwhile. What what in your opinion has emerged just as as strengths of your team, things that you you, you can lean on? I think that um, you know, I think that the the play of our quarterback um, Jacob Sermon has you know, given us a chance to get some of our running game going. I think that uh, teams recognize that he has the ability to get the ball uh, anywhere on the field. We're not, we're not always able to do that successfully, and it's it certainly you know, sometimes that's, that's on uh, Jacob and sometimes that's on the offensive line and sometimes that's, that's on the receivers. But I do believe we have that kind of potential, and that's really what we're dealing with at this point is, okay, what kind of potential do we have to be better? What type of potential do we have to improve? 
to the point of, of coming out with a victory. And I, and I think that's where, for us, it has to start. We've got a young offensive line that, that will be really good uh, at some point in the future. I don't know if that future is, is this Saturday or the Saturday after or next year. You know, we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll find out. I know that they're improving rapidly and, they, and they're hanging in there. Um, and, and the same with our receiver group. We've had, uh, you know, a little bit of a revolving door at, at receiver and a lot of guys in that uh, mix. And so, you know, I think they're getting better every week. I really like our running backs and, and the potential that they bring, but so much of that is, is predicated on being able to keep teams honest and not uh, stack the box against us. But David Fari and, and the Darius Stewart and Jacques Robinson, all those guys we feel like are, are excellent uh, with the football, have excellent vision, balance, and, and are as good as any other backs that, uh, that we see you know, around, around FCS football. We feel fortunate in that way. And then I think that defensively we've got a, we've, we've got a lot of heart and uh, we hang in there, keep, keep ourselves in games and uh, just keep playing for the pride of, of wearing the bears uniform. And, and that's, you know, giving us a chance to, to feel what it's like to be in the games in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of things that make Montana great from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Ed Lamb here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. He's the head coach in Northern Colorado. Bears are in Missoula. First home game at Washington Grizzly Stadium in about a month and the last game of October uh, for these two teams. And Coach, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about uh, your one of your quarterbacks, Jacob Sermon. I know he has Montana ties. His dad, David, played at, at Montana. So um, certainly, I mean, he probably is familiar or more familiar with Missoula and Washington Grizz than maybe some of your other guys. So, um, I mean, how do you sort of mitigate that factor or, or does that even have any influence on Saturday? I, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I think it'd, it'd be a good one for him. We've talked about it, you know, briefly over the off season and, and even the, this week. I think, you know, any any familiarity, whether it's uh, you know veterans who have been around the league, um, you know, uh, the, the avenging of, of losses, uh, you, you know, um, showing showing out good in front of family and friends, um, you know, getting the chance to play a ranked team, all of those things kind of um, I think are plugged into the the, the matrix of of uh, and the puzzle of, of what motivates young guys this age but uh you, you know i know i know he comes motivated every week into every practice and so i i think in many ways it'll, it'll just it'll the the biggest aspect of this game from a motivational standpoint for jacob is going to be a lot like it is for the rest of the team we're we're playing an excellent football team was really hitting their stride and we're playing them in, in the what i consider the premier venue and and uh in not just FCS football, but uh, but certainly it's in the top five of, of any place that I've been. And, you know, I can go down the list of some of the places I've been lucky to be in. And, uh, you know, Washington Grizzlies right there at the top. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications.
Well, let's talk about this matchup then. Um, it, it, you, you said it. I mean, it seems like Montana's hit their stride these last three games. So um, when you turn on the film, what are your uh, biggest concerns? What do you think are the biggest keys to the matchup when you're playing the Grizzlies? Sure. Uh, you know, it, you know, there's uh, <clears throat> Coach Howell, um, you know, just seen him over the years and, and coached against him. It's just an head coach. And, you know, I, I think the, the formula for him is consistent and the winning is consistent. It, it's going to start with – with uh, aggressive um, defense and a lot of pride on, on defense and special teams. And those go hand in hand. And then, and then offensively, it's going to be, you know, they're, they're, it's going to be explosive, but it's going to be, you know, a, a physical nature and, um, you know, one that's complementary to the defense and to the special teams. And I think they're at the point with, with recruiting and development and, and as an overall program where they really can, uh, kind of impose their identity into the the roster year after year, and so I, I see what I would have expected to see. But you know, the day I got the job at UNC, a, a tough physical football team, top to bottom. I think that you know when when uh, they made the the quarterback switch, that allowed them to get a little bit more um, physical and and ball control oriented on offense. But the explosive plays are still there. You can see that against uh, Idaho, and and then the ability to run out run out the clock late and, and uh, keep Idaho's offense off the field. That was a tremendous victory for them. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. One part about the Grizz that's just tried and true, especially in the, in the second go-round under Coach Houck, is just how much pressure that they bring. And I know they had a, a tough time getting to the quarterback early on in Big Sky play, but then the dam broke and, and they had six sacks against Idaho a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, I mean, they're going to bring pressure from all angles, Coach. So, I mean, how do you go about mitigating that? And, and what do you just think of the challenge of, of facing the Grizzlies' front six? Yeah, you know, I, I think all of it starts with, with 99. You know, they're For not, sure. Um, as you said, they're not um, shy about about bringing the pressure. And, and I think to some degree with um, with cadences and, and snap counts and just uh, studying their, their video hard enough, it's, it's it's not too difficult to tell uh, when the blitzes are coming and even, even where they might be coming from. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't want to say that they're um, – you know, you know, predictable to the point of being susceptible, but they're, they're not, they're not hiding it. And uh, I think it's part of their identity and they, and they want to get up in there. They don't want to blitz from seven or eight yards away and, and uh, out wide, you know, sitting over the slot, they're going to, they're going to get up in there and really test the quarterback and the offensive line. And, but the thing that makes it hard is even though they might be, you might be able to sniff out, you know, the, the blitz and where it's coming from, you still got to deal with, with number 99 and, whether you're, uh, you know, whether you're going to have to single protect against them or get them blocked somehow in the run game, and and that's really where, to me, where it's all all built around. He makes that thing go. 100. Alex Gubner, definitely one of the best interior guys, not only in the Big Sky but in the entire country as well. Ed Lamb, Northern Colorado head coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now. UNC in town on Saturday to take on Montana. Uh, how about when Montana has the ball, then, Coach? I mean, they they've been doing a lot of different stuff with. Uh, their big quarterback, number 17, Clifton McDowell, uh, seems like they've simplified some things for him and allowed him to get out on the edge and, and get ball, get the ball to this playmaker. So um, just having a guy that can run a little bit and, and also elude a pass rush, what sort of challenge is that? What do you think of the Montana offense? 
Yeah, you said the number 17. It, you know, I, I think it does uh, really start with him. There are other tremendous players around him. You know, in the in the backfield and out on the edge and the offensive line is, you know, they're they're uh, just consistently big and and play with length and getting better. But I, I think you know the key to their offense and what I've been impressed with is just like the, the way that they've um, improved on the offensive line and you know maybe maybe just uh, more of a of a, a confidence issue. They they seem to be playing with a tremendous amount of confidence and uh, more finished than they were earlier in the season. And then uh, the quarterback, uh, seventeen, he's he's playing with a lot more confidence as well. I mean, I can just you can see it. Every pass he throws, he becomes a little bit more confident, and um, and see it in his demeanor, the way he carries himself, and, and his belief. And of course, he's got the the dual threat to, to keep the defense very honest. Well, you mentioned it. I mean, the venue is always a huge part of this matchup when the game is in Missoula. And, uh, you know, we've seen teams throughout the years have a hard time with it. We've also seen teams play off of it and thrive a little bit because it is such a fun place to play. So uh, how do you go that route? I mean, how do you sort of empower your guys to sort of embrace this moment? Because it is going to be a, a fun atmosphere on Saturday afternoon. Yep. that's the You just said the key. It's, uh, you know, that environment can, can be – a little bit of a motivator and, and, and excitement to get the adrenaline going for either team. It's really to me about who's got who's got momentum and who's able to steal momentum and, and make plays at the right time. It can feel like as a visiting team, if if you're not doing well, it can just feel like um, things are snowballing very quickly because the, the crowd is so excited and so into it, and and the venue is such a an impressive place. And I think you know the opposite is true. If if you, if you can get in there and and play well and, and feel some pride in what you're doing. And it, it takes the crowd out of it a little bit and um, it's kind of exciting. We can go into any, any big venue and, and uh, you know, silence the crowd. Ed Lamb, Northern Colorado bears in town on Saturday afternoon. Last thing for your coach, just uh, keys for your team or, or just things you want to see, things you hope to see. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Um, really would like to see the, the type of execution, you know, that, that we, that we, bring to early in the half. So I'd, I'd like to see that down the stretch. And I think there's a challenge there for our coaches as well. You know, I think our, uh, the teams that we're playing are, are making adjustments on, on coaching staffs and, uh, and, and, you know, we've got to counter adjust on that within our system and not be scratching stuff up on the sideline, but be, you know, but be willing to adjust um, to what's going on in the game and, and our players have to respond to that and then be able to, be able to execute uh, like they do in practice every day. And, and I can tell you, you know, some at some point the the Bears are going to break through and and uh, and be a force in the Big Sky. And I don't know if that's you know I don't know if that's Saturday or you know I'm not a fortune teller, but uh, at some at some point that's going to happen, and we're just going to keep working toward that end. And that I think will will continue to be the goal is just to to be able to close out halves and uh, and be more competitive down the stretch when the game's on the line. Coach, we really appreciate the time, man. Best of luck. Travel safe. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. But in the meantime, good luck with the rest of the week, and thanks for making some time today. Likewise, Coulter. I'll see you on Saturday. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, 
The Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State, located in Anaconda. To Montana. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. We're joined by a tight end for the Montana State Bobcats, Ryan Lonergan, and he played a whole bunch of football Saturday night in Sacramento State as the Bobcats emerged with a 42-30 to victory. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm doing good. How are you? Good, man. First of all, just take us through uh, the pregame and kind of leading up to the game because you played some football this year and the last couple of years, but uh, ruled out late. Derek Snell was the senior tight end there for the Cats, and uh, you stepped into that role and performed great. So, I mean, first of all, just take us through the pregame. When did you realize you were going to be one of the main guys? Yeah, uh, during pregame, I, I saw Derek. Uh, he, was, he wasn't feeling too good. So uh, he let me know that he doesn't think he's going to be going tonight, and he was pretty uplifting. He was uh, – trying to get some confidence in me in pregame and just let me know, let me know that uh, I can just, just keep doing what I've been doing all year. And, yeah, he really helped me out there mentally to get ready for the game. Well, it seems like I mean, you guys' offense, it, it's technically two tight ends, but a lot of what Snell's role is is H-back, fullback, you know, splitting out wide. He does all sorts of stuff, and you so you had to slide into that position. How, how comfortable are you with that part of it? And, and uh, I mean, is it different than when you're coming in for Pickering? Are those two different positions, or is it relatively the same what you guys do? Yeah, those positions, those two positions are a little bit different, but um, obviously I haven't really gotten any reps up until Saturday night about uh, being in fullback, but you just got to bank on all those practice reps, like being um, being the backup between Snell and uh, Pick. Like, you got to know both those positions in and out, and if you don't, then... Uh, it's always going to be that next man up mentality. So, um, yeah, no, th- those two positions are very different. And uh, uh, obviously the H-back, fullback is pretty run-heavy um, type. And the, the Y can both be the inside run and also out in the pass game. So they are a little bit different but similar in the same sense. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was awesome watching you flex in and put your hand in the dirt and, and fire off. So, I mean, the first couple times that you're in that fullback stance and, you know, you're sitting there behind the quarterback – What's your mindset? Because, I mean, you know you're going to go hit, hit somebody on a play like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Definitely, it's like you got to be in the right mindset. It's going to be like, it's going to be smash football, man. It's how Bobcat uh, football is built on. So, um, yeah, I, I was comfortable back there. Um, and you just got, basically got to get ready to go smack some people. That's about it. It seemed like you settled in, too. I mean, it seemed like the first couple times you're in the mess, and then after that, it seemed like you really started popping people. So, I mean, did it get easier as the game started going along? Yeah, definitely. Those first two drives were uh, was was the time for me to settle into the environment, like my first start. And um, yeah, those two drives were a little bit rough, but I learned from them and uh, corrected them as the game went on and in meetings this morning. So we're ready for next weekend. Ryan Lonergan here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. He's a uh, tight end there for the Montana State Five. Yeah, it's a Bozeman High product as well. Uh, it's been interesting for you too, man, because I mean, I know you came in with a lot of fanfare and you've been kind of backing up these two guys that are both, I mean, in my opinion, next level players, two of the best guys in the entire conference. So uh, what's it been like these last couple of years, just uh, sort of waiting for your turn, but also uh, learning from a couple of the best in the league? Yeah, I know Derek and, uh, and Pick, they're, 
there's some there's some dudes and i i know for i i know that they're going to have their opportunity at the next level and being below them for the past uh five years has been quite an honor i've learned a lot from them um uh, seeing how they they run a route or how they block and there's all these techniques that I didn't know but they they have taught me a lot the past five years I can't thank them enough and uh, yeah what's it been like just playing in your hometown oh it's awesome this has been a dream of mine since I I can remember um, it's, I'm grateful for the opportunity to play here it's it's quite it's quite an opportunity and atmosphere on game days I love it well, the, the fact is you, you got in, in the games in a ton of different ways, but, I mean, is it hard to be patient, or I guess what has helped you, allowed you to be patient to this point? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely patience is key when you have those two guys ahead of you, but those two guys have have been everything, too, for me. Like, they, like uh, us two, Pick and Snell, we're, uh, we're pretty tight off the field, and we hang out quite a bit, so I would honestly say those two to, like, just say, hey, man, like, your time's coming, like, don't like don't get discouraged like like and all that kind of stuff yeah well it seems like that is the the key to building depth in college football and something you guys have done so well right is is getting a whole bunch of really quality guys to really get along i mean everybody talks about this you guys all talk about your position groups like you're all best friends i think that's so awesome so i mean how important is that just just enjoying the experience all the way around maybe just off the football field too in terms of everybody staying in it and being ready to perform Oh yeah, this is probably the closest team I've ever been a part of. Like, like the dudes, like it's a family here. Like, compared to other programs that I've heard around around the country, and like, we they don't have that like like family uh, the family vibe to it really. And our, our culture is different, and we we all understand that in this building, and uh, we we really build that off of each other and. Uh, that's how we like translate our success onto the football fields from off the football field and how we do things in the locker room and off the football field, like in the town and all that. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Well, it definitely comes across, and you guys are a fun group to be around. Uh, Ryan Lonergan here on Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. I was talking about just the finish of that game, then uh, a little bit of a slow start on both sides. You could tell that both sides were feeling each other out and a lot of adjustments being had, but then in the second half, like you guys are prone to do, you just leaned on them and leaned on them, and then all of a sudden you wore them to the ground, and uh, you guys, I think, rushed for 215 of your 328 after halftime and, and three rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, what were the keys to that? I mean, how are you guys able to just outlast them and then let the dam break there in the fourth quarter? Yeah, i definitely say um, props to our defense, too, to be able to give us the ball back. Uh, uh, John's pick six, Ryan's pick, uh, allow us to, like, gain, uh, gain confidence and momentum back on offense. And, um, uh, yeah, and also the O-line. Man, those those dudes are hard people and very physical, and they they showed 
Sac State's D-line that they were the best in the conference. So, so props to those guys up front. It was fun being on your guys' sidelines and just observing the demeanor of everybody because there's so many different levels of intensity and everybody's having fun and dancing, but sometimes, you know, screaming and yelling and stuff. But those offensive line guys are just so uh, composed all the time. You can just tell, like, they're just like, yep, our time's coming. We're just going to keep on going, keep on going. And then in the fourth quarter, yeah. just, just busting them right in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they're very focused guys. They're, they're uh, like, good play next play bad play next play and get ready for the next drive and yeah they sit down on the bench and just they they try to get uh corrected what they did wrong that previous drive and then and go correct to the next one and we showed them that we could do that yeah it's definitely uh, it, it's a cool thing to watch uh well now here you guys are and uh you continue to pile up wins and you're number two in the country again and now you got another top 10 matchup coming down the pipe. So I mean, what, what did you learn from preparing for, for such a big game this last week that might help you prepare for yet another big game this upcoming week against Idaho? Uh, yeah, definitely just getting in the film room and just like trying to understand keys of their defense and their defensive players. And um, yeah, now with Snell uh, a little dinged up, he, like, I'm going to have to uh, carry my part on doing a little more uh, like a little more research into them and just pick up on their tendencies and all that, yeah. Well, it seems like you guys love playing in these big games, though. I mean, does it feel – I know you guys take it every week, one week at a time, but, I mean, it seems like you guys it, – it's easy for you to get up for these big-time matchups. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely fun having having these big-time matchups late in the season. Like, uh, this is when separating season's at. And, and if you – like, this is when all those, all those teams across the country are going to be separating themselves from the pack and – I'm excited for this next matchup. It's going to be fun down there. Keep me down. Well, it should be awesome. Ryan Lonergan here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. He's a tight end there at Montana State. Ryan, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. All right, it's uh, Thursday, Blue and Gold Thursday today, brought to you by Madison River Propane. And as always, we've got Coulter Nuanez from Skyline Sports. We're going to break down this weekend's Bobcat game. I tell you, man, you got a lot of TV time this past Saturday night. I saw, I saw you on every touchdown. <laughs> I know. Thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I rewatched the game. It's so funny because I was like watching myself trying to like take videos and stuff, and just look, think about how silly I looked, and thinking about it, only a few people actually noticed that I was doing that. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's fun being on the sidelines, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely interesting because a lot of these schools in the Big Sky they have small press boxes, and so. If there's multiple of us from Skyline there, we only have one press box seat. And so my, my seat in the press box was, like, directly behind a wall, so I couldn't see anything. So I was like, well, can I just go on the sideline? And they are like, yeah, that's fine. Just go down there. So uh, interesting. It's just a, it's a different perspective, but it's fun being on the sideline for sure. So this weekend's game, are you going to be in the box or are you going to be on the sidelines again? I think I'm definitely going to be on the sideline again because we're back in Moscow, so the Kibbe Dome is uh, is a small uh, press box again, and I, I'm bringing two different writers to this thing, so I, I think I'll be on the sideline again. So uh, i got to ask you, let's start with, with Saturday's game, the, the past Saturday against Sac State. Uh, I ran into your buddy Ty Gregorak this weekend, and I said, <laughs> we started talking about the game, and I'm like, you know what? 
I said, I know our, our offense is really prolific. I know we're, we're running the ball like crazy and we're racking up the yards, but I hate our offense. Um, to which he said, you're, you sound like a, a spoiled cat fan to me. <laughs> so, and there's some validity to that. But I just I do not like running the quarterback 26 times a night. It, it's, it's the ultimate conundrum because I think that a lot of times the fans see it and they think that that's how it's being called. But like I always say on here and on the Big Sky Breakdown and on my ESPN radio show, Modern football, especially when you're running the the RPO, the run-pass option, you're calling concepts, and then it's all up to the signal caller to make the decision. And that's one thing where I've I've talked about this a lot, but I think that I think Montana State is better when only one of their quarterbacks, no matter which one it is, is available because I think that guy has a better opportunity to get into a rhythm of those decision-making processes. And I think that a lot of times, like Sean Chambers, for example, when he's splitting snaps with Tommy Mallott, he's way more prone to tuck and run when he should throw. And I think that they see that a lot. And Tommy's just always going to be more prone to tuck and run because he's just a bowling ball quarter. I mean, he's just he's the best running quarterback in the country, and it's just hard to it's hard to deny that. And uh, But I do think a lot of times – Taylor Housewright might be calling a concept, and he might be wanting him to see something completely different. And he might want that ball to come out, and instead the quarterback makes a different read, and then they got to tuck and run. And uh, I, I think that's why people get frustrated because I think sometimes in the in the scope of action, a lot of times the the guys are making I don't want to say the wrong decision because I think that's why the offense is a brilliant scheme. There really isn't a wrong decision, especially if you take care of the ball. Like if you cho- call your own number and you just get a two or three yard game, yeah, it, it's. It's not a bad decision as long as you're not uh, coughing up the football. So, I don't know. I, I totally get where fans are, are frustrated with it, but the, the formula for the Cats is incredibly simple. They just want to win the turnover battle, and they want to outrush you, and if they do that, no matter who's the guy carrying the ball, they're going to beat you. And that's tried and true. I mean, they're they're pretty much undefeated through about 25 games when that formula comes to fruition. So, um, I, I know it is some, sometimes frustrating for people to watch, but uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting because I think a lot of times you got to see beyond just what – uh, is on the screen or on the field. Yeah, I guess my worry is just we're going to you know lose our quarterbacks because uh, I feel like we're living on borrowed time. Eventually, you know, one of them is going to go down. Uh, Tommy's already been hurt this year. That's the good true. news is we have two of them. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, you know, we can at least one, you know, can last out the season. But that that's where I get nervous because obviously it's successful. I mean, man, look at the yardage. For sure. I mean, and Tommy Blatt was the offensive player of the week in the league this year. So, I mean, it's it certainly, you know, more than anything, it just it's successful when it comes to getting the W's. But, you know, I, I totally get where you're at. I, I think a lot of people want to see a little bit more of a uh, traditional style or, you know, pro-style offense. And, uh, I mean, the, the validity of – I mean, the reality is that these guys, they, they both run so hard and they're not scared of contact. And that just yeah. gives you more opportunities to get banged up. But uh, they've done a pretty good job uh, the last couple of weeks, so we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But, I mean, it's funny because it's, it's their biggest advantage and it's their biggest worry at the exact same yeah. time. No, that's a great point. So coming into Saturday's game against Idaho, I mean, another big game, another one on the road. Uh, is, is Idaho better than Sac State? Well, that's an interesting question. Um I watched the whole Idaho Sac State game. We had a crew out there covered them for Skyline Sports. That was the first conference game of the year, and that game came all the way down the wire. 
Idaho ended up winning by nine, but that was a little bit of a voodoo score because Idaho hit a, a kick. The, the, the score was tied, and Idaho hit what was the game-winning field goal with like three seconds left. But because there was a couple seconds left, they had to kick off to Sac State, and then Sac State fumbled the ball, and Idaho picked it up and scooped it and scored it. So that gave them another touchdown right at the end of the game. But it was more like just a three-point game rather than a nine-point uh, spread. Uh, but they looked like two evenly matched teams in that game. Um, in terms of the matchup, I think Idaho is better on offense than Sac State. Idaho has the best quarterback in the league in Javani McCoy. They also have the best receiving trio in the league in Hayden Hatton, Jermaine Jackson, and Ternez Trainer. And they also have one of the three best running backs in the league in Anthony Woods. So they have an offensive skill set that's, uh, I, I think, the best in the conference and one of the best in the country. That said, they've had two offensive linemen get hurt the last couple weeks. Uh, they lost a guy the week leading up to the Grizz game two weeks ago, and then they lost a guy in the game against the Grizz as well. Both those guys are going to be out. That really hurts them um, just from a depth perspective. And uh, so Idaho, I think, when they have the ball, is going to match up well with Montana State, but I think they're going to have a hard time handling MSU's front. On the other side, I don't think Idaho has anything for Montana State when they got the ball. I think that the Cats are going to be able to run the ball at will. I think that's going to be the case against pretty much everybody until we get deep in the playoffs. So one of our weaknesses, actually two of, well, I guess it's all, it's all the same. So I'll say one of our weaknesses has certainly been special teams because uh, we fumbled the ball and then, you know, we've had some kicking issues too. What, what did they say about that in the, in the, uh, the meeting this week? Well, it's, it's fascinating because <laughs> Brendan Hall in, in two of his three responsibilities has been uh, outstanding. He, I, I think he's been very good punting. He's been outstanding as the kickoff specialist. I mean, he kicks it out of the back of the end zone on every single kickoff, and that's a huge weapon to have. And then he's been really, really up and down kicking field goals. I mean, when they line him up for the 50-yarder and then he, he misses it, I mean, it's understandable to miss a 50-yarder. That's a huge field goal. It was actually ironic, though. The running into the kicker play that then made him line it up again was actually probably the worst thing for that poor kid's psyche because he had just shanked it, and then he's got to kick it again, and he shanks it again. And it's like, man, you just like accentuated this guy's mental tick that he's got going on right now. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what they do about that other than just stick with him because, I mean, he's their senior, and he's – I mean, they have another kicker on the roster, Casey Kotzman from Butte, who uh, was pretty good in high school, but he's an inexperienced guy. So – I don't know. I think you got to just stick with it and hope uh, hope Brennan Hall gets over the yips. When it comes to the the kick and punt return stuff, I do think they're going to get Taco Dowler back this week, which gives them so much more stability in the punt return game. He's their guy. He's an all-league talent at that punt returner spot. And then on uh, the kick return stuff, I mean, I think they definitely talked to Marquis Johnson because he definitely he had a tweet basically apologizing. He said, hey, I was trying to do too much stuff. I was running around. Uh, not not being smart with the ball, and, and uh, you know, I'll be better moving forward. So uh, I think they've addressed that. But, I mean, I think in the return game they've been fine, and I think they have a chance to be good with Taco Dowler back. And when it comes to kickoffs and punting, they've been great. Uh, the field goals, I think they just got to figure out a way to get through it. They just got to get Brendan Hall back in the right mental position. Yeah, it just, I mean, clearly it makes you nervous, you know, late in ball games, especially as we get into the playoffs and Cat Grizz, you know, field goal might be the difference. No, for sure, and especially when you're on the road and they have these big road games coming up in Moscow and, and in uh, Missoula. So it's uh, certainly something you want to iron out. So it's prediction time. Idaho this Saturday. That's a, is that a 2 o'clock kickoff on Saturday? 
Uh, it is a uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. So, yes, that's 2 p.m. in yeah. Montana. All right, that'll be on KBZK-TV. What is Coulter Nuanez's prediction for Saturday's cat game? Well, how did I do last week? I feel like I said the Cats were going to win by two scores last week. Is that right? Maybe I even said three scores. Yeah, you were like 20 points, which wasn't looking too good there for a while. But I, I think I don't, I don't even remember what the final was. The final was 42 to 30. Uh, Sack definitely scored that late touchdown. Uh, but yeah. I think I definitely had Montana State covering last week. And they, and they did that. They covered 10 and a half. And, uh, and I, I think they were maybe one score short of what my prediction was. But, um, yeah, man, I – it's so interesting because for so long, I mean, the Cats have been a good, solid football program for for a really long time. My my twelve years covered them. They've always been good, competitive, good. They're in it to you know compete for the league title. They're in it to you know compete with their rival, and then they've just seen this 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 rise to the stratosphere. And now they just they just are the best team in the country. I did, I watch college football for hours and hours and hours all week long. I rewatch all the games. The Cats are just the best team in the country, and I really hope that the fans are appreciating it, and I really hope that they're absorbing it because nothing lasts forever. And I know that they have a lot of great stuff in their future as well. I mean, this team is going to be stacked next year. I mean, all their good players, Tommy Mallott and Brody Greeby and Sebastian Valdez and Rush Reimer and Justice Perkins and Marcus Weir and Julius Davis. I mean, you could list pretty much the whole roster. They're all juniors, so they're they're going to be really good again next year too. So there is a, a, an elongated window, but I, I just hope people appreciate the level that they've risen to. I mean, covering the Cats for as long as I have, there was, especially when they would go on the road, you'd think, okay, they got a chance to win this game, but they're going to need this, this, and this to go right, and they're going to need this, this, and this to go wrong for the other team, and then, the, then they have a chance to win. Now, it's in my mind, there's just no doubt that they're going to go anywhere in the country, and they're going to win. I, there's just no doubt until they maybe have to go to one of the Dakotas in the playoffs, I just think they're going to roll. I think they're going to roll through their schedule. I just don't think anybody can stop their run game, and I don't think anybody can handle their lack of volatility. I mean, college football is all about riding the roller coaster, and the Cats never do that. They, they just steady Eddie until they get to the end point, and then they just grind you into dust and they just win. Even when they don't play well, they just, I mean, they didn't even play that well on Saturday. They, they beat the number four team in the country on the road by two touchdowns. So uh, I, they're seven and a half point favorites this week. I don't think Idaho's going to have anything for their run game. I, I think Montana State's going to win this one again. I think Idaho will score some points. I'm going to say 38 24 the Cats in Moscow. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda. Montana.